The following audio is from Downtown Church, a kingdom-focused, gospel-centered, multi-ethnic, multi-class ministry in Memphis, Tennessee. For more information, please visit downtownchurch.com. Our scripture this morning is from Matthew 6. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the, and in the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father in heaven who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. And if everyone will join me as we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is the word of the Lord. Hello, check, 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 one, two, three. Good morning, downtown family. How are y'all doing? Good morning to our guests that are with us this morning. I want to echo what's already been said this morning with saying happy Mother's Day uh, to all of the mothers uh, this morning. Um, we're going to be continuing in our, our series this morning on the Lord's Prayer. And before we go further, I want to say thank you to my own mom who's here today who actually taught me the Lord's Prayer when I was a kid. So every night, that's mom. Yep, yep. Yeah, every night before we went to sleep, literally every night, we'd get on our knees and we'd recite that prayer we just read together, Our Father who art in heaven. And it stuck with me and it's still with me to this day. So happy Mother's Day. Before we go any further, let's go before our Lord this morning. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we come to you in your mighty son's Jesus' name. Father God, trusting that... God, you are good, you are all-sufficient, that you are mighty, that you are powerful, that you are protector, that you are provider, that as we've already said this morning, Father God, that you are our Father. Father God, I pray that you would move me out of the way. God, I pray that you would decrease me and increase yourself. Father God, I just pray, uh, just be with me this morning as I'm under the weather, but you knew I was going to be under the weather before uh, this Sunday ever came about, and so I pray that you would use me in spite of my weaknesses and glorify yourself and speak to us. May your word come to life, illuminate it. May it speak to our hearts, send ministering angels through the aisles to speak to your people on this morning, Father God. May we not leave here the same. May we, may we know you more, may we love you more, and may we know that we are greatly loved by our Father on this morning. And see your mighty sons, Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. 
On this past week, I went to Phoenix, Arizona for school for some seminary work, and I was on a flight. And on the flight, I was sitting by a young man by the name of Brian uh, and his father on this morning. And Brian was a cool little guy. He was about 10 years old, and uh, him and his father were talking. I could tell they had a very good relationship. And me and Brian even talked a little bit uh, on that on that on that flight on that evening. And he was watching me type my sermon actually, and asking me about that. And so things were going well. Things were going cool, all right, everything was going fine, and then uh, little Brian pulled out his uh, computer, because he wanted to play some games on his computer, and when he pulled out the game, he pulled out that computer, uh, the computer would not turn on, and so that gentle spirit uh, soon turned to frustration, he picked up the computer, he threw a full outfit, he began to slam the computer up inside, upside and down, and looked at his father and said, I told you I needed a new one, buy me a new one, buy me a new one, this thing sucks, this thing's ruined and he's throwing a full outfit slamming the computer up and down and I'm, I'm just sitting there waiting I'm like somebody's about to get the smack down laid down on them so I'm like what is, what is, how is he going to respond to this how is he going to respond to this kid wilding out like this on this plane that is pure disrespectful and so I'm, I'm watching uh, eating my popcorn just watching and so um, so I'm waiting and to my surprise that father responds with such a gentle spirit uh, he was so slow to anger. Uh, he corrected him so well and so gently and, and redirected him and actually started talking to him about what he actually did have. So he's showing him what actually did work and what he actually did have. And it was really encouraging me, uh, to me uh, to watch. And so in, from that interaction, uh, this is what I gleaned from. I was just paying attention to it. They didn't know that I was going to use them as a sermon illustration. But what I gleaned from that moment was this, that there was obviously a relationship there. There was a relationship there. And so that father obviously knew his son, and that son obviously knew his father, and there was obviously some freedom there where that young man, little Brian, uh, knew that he could talk to his father about essentially anything. And the question I want to start us off with this morning is this. Do you know that you can talk to your father in heaven about anything? You can talk to him about anything. Nothing's too big. Nothing's too small. Nothing's too unimportant. Uh, nothing's too minute. You can talk to your father about anything. And sometimes you may want to say, man, this thing is broken. You may feel like that some days. And God's a big boy. And he can handle that. If life is frustrating you right now, life is hard. He's a big boy. He can handle that. If you, if you need to talk to him, we see it in the Psalms with David all of the time. He's letting the Lord know how he feels. You can talk to your Heavenly Father about anything. But if we're being honest, a lot of us... We struggle uh, with that for various reasons. We struggle with that. Uh, for some of us, we may consider, we may think that God is distant. We think he's this big God, high up in the sky, up there, far removed from my day-to-day -day life. So he really doesn't care about what's going on in my life. He's too busy maintaining the universe, but he really doesn't have time to care about me. And so we, we don't think he's really concerned. And that stops some of us from going to him. Uh, for other, some of us, we may, we may be intimidated, right? We think he's great, he's holy. He's mighty and I'm just little old me. Well, why in the world would he want to talk 
uh, to little old me. And for some of us, we may think that he has limitations and, and, and we're, so, we're afraid of being told no. That if I ask him for that thing, if I come to him for that thing, he's going to say no. And then what am I going to do about that if he says no? And, and that intimidates some of us. And lastly, for some of us, we just think we got it figured out. We grown. We grown folk. We got it figured out. We, 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 we're smart, we're educated, we got connections, we can work real hard. We think we got it figured out. We got a bunch of apps on our phones that can do whatever we want them to do. And so as long as we got a full charged up battery on our phone and we got a, a full bank account, we feel like we don't need no God. We don't have to talk to no God. We, we got things figured out. And that gets in some of our uh, way uh, from, from, from talking to God. And so the question I want to pose and that you probably wrestle with yourself is this. Why, why should I pray? If he's not going to do what I say anyway. If I'm a hard-working man and woman, I can figure it out. I'm used to hustling. I'm figuring it out, used to figuring it out. Why should I pray? We're going to come to our text, Matthew chapter 6, verses 8 through 9. And Jesus sets the context for us. And we're going to answer that question today. Why should I pray? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Three reasons why you should talk to your Heavenly Father. We're going to wrestle with that question of why should I pray? As we come to our text, we learned last week that Jesus uh, told us not to be like them. Who's that them he was talking about? He was talking about the Pharisees. So when they prayed, uh, they, would, they would like to be seen in the open. And they would like to pray in public. And they would like to get the credit and the glory from praying uh, out loud. And, and get the glory and the, and the reward that comes from men. And Jesus says, do not be like them. You don't have to go to people. You don't have to prove anything to people. You don't have to pray in front of people. He says, your heavenly father knows what you need before you even ask. Which leads us to our first point to the day. The reason why you should talk to your heavenly father is this. Because he is aware. Your heavenly father is aware. He knows every detail about what's going on in your life. He is not too concerned with the universe holding it up that he can't care about you and the fine details of your life. Jesus puts it like this in verse 6. He says, do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Before you even ask him. Alright, that's how we're known by God. Husbands, that's how our wives want us to know them. They want us to be able to know what they want before they even ask, right? And to be honest, some of us have a hard time imagining someone even knowing us that well. We live in a world where we're sometimes so used to being known and the idea of being known by God in such a way, it's, it's unreal. We're surprised if anybody even remembers our name sometimes after we've met them only once. And so this idea of being known by God in such a way, it's kind of it's countercultural. But he knows every need, every financial need, Every bill that needs to be paid, every bill that's behind right now, he knows every emotional need. He knows right probably when you need a hug. He knows when you need that phone call. He knows every spiritual need. He knows every burden that needs to be lifted up to you. He's very involved in your life. And you don't have to go around trying to figure it out by yourself, trying to hustle, trying to conjure it up, trying to get people to believe in you and to get people to get it. Your Heavenly Father knows everything that you need. You just need to talk to Him. 
And if we're being honest today in America, we are, we are a very anxious and busybody people. We like to hustle. We like to work hard. We like to get it done. And, and a lot of us are so overwhelmed. Our minds are so divided with so many things trying to figure it out. And we're talking to so many people and we're seeking so much affirmation. But really all we have to do is go talk to our heavenly Father. And my, my question today is, are you anxious even this morning? Are you hustling trying to figure it out for yourself? Are you trying to get it done? And I just want to let you know this morning that your heavenly father knows. He gets it. He knows. Even before you even ask him, he knows. There's a man by the name of George Mueller who understood this well. Some of you may have heard of him. He had a beautiful prayer life. Uh, one that we can gain a lot of encouragement from. God used him in some mighty, miraculous ways. If you've never read his bio or heard about him, I, I, mean, I, I encourage you to get his bio, read about him, check out something online about George Mueller. He had an amazing prayer life that will blow your mind. But it wasn't always this way. Uh, George Mueller grew up around the, in, in the 1800s in Germany, and so he wasn't always this prayer warrior. As a matter of fact, he was a terror when he was a kid. Uh, legend tells it when George Mueller was growing up in Germany, he used to steal from his father. He used to steal his dad's money all the time. So not quite dependent on God yet, right? And so he's, he's, he's stealing. He's, he's still dependent on his ability to steal. And so that was when he was a kid. Uh, when he was a teenager, George Mueller, this one day soon-to-be prayer warrior, would book himself into hotels, book rooms, and leave before he had to pay. All right? And so he did this so many times that eventually one time he got caught and sent to jail. Not quite a prayer warrior yet, alright? Gets to college, when he's in college, uh, he is uh, at a, actually at a Christian Bible college, and when he's at college, he wasn't worried about the Bible when he first got there. He would spend most of his evenings at the bar, uh, getting drunk, gambling, and his favorite thing to do was this. His favorite thing to do was to make fun of people. In Memphis language, he loved to check. So he loved to get on people and make, uh, make fun of people. And so one night, uh, he actually went to a Christian Bible study uh, to, uh, to go actually just to make fun of the Christians. That's the only reason he went to that Bible study tonight at college was to make fun of the Christians. And when he went to the Bible study to make fun of the Christians, God showed him, God actually spoke to his heart through that Bible study that night through one of those Christians that he had came to make fun of, and he actually gave his life to the Lord that night. And the journey will begin from there. He began to smell so much like Jesus that those friends that he used to make fun of people with, uh, eventually they didn't even want to be around him no more. That's how much he was excited about the Lord and, and his relationship uh, with the Lord. He would be so fired up about Jesus uh, that after that semester he went back home and he told his dad, Dad, guess what? Guess what? I'm going to be a missionary. I'm going to be a missionary. I'm about to go tell the world about Jesus and that's what I want to do with my, my life. And his dad says, there is no son of mine that's about to be some bum missionary. And so, if you're going to be a missionary, check this out. You're going to pay for it on your own dime, so I'm no longer paying your tuition. Since you're going to follow this God, he's going to have to pay that tuition. And figure that out on your own. He goes back to school that fall. Uh, a little bit discouraged. Sure enough, he didn't have a way to pay for school. So he's just there hoping and trusting and praying God, praying to God. This is a true story. It's in his bio. One night, uh, George Mueller uh, gets on his, his knees 
and he begins to pray and beg the Lord to provide a way for him to pay for school. True story, gets down on his knees, begs the Lord to provide a way for him to pay for school. One hour later, he gets a knock on his door from one of his professors who offers him a job to tutor on campus. That job would pay for his school. God provided. That was the beginning of this young man beginning to be a prayer warrior. I just want to tell you some more about him. Uh, what he, he, he also uh, went to England and became a pastor there. They had a little funny church there in, in England. What, what happened was the way that they were going to pay for George Mueller's salary was that the rich people who sat on the front rows, those people would pay for their pews on the front rows and the money that was given to pay for those pews, that was, that was supposed to pay for George Mueller's salary. He says, forget that. That's not God's way. That's not the right way. Stop doing that. First of all, as a church, we're going to stop doing that. You're not going to uh, let the rich people sit in the front and the poor people sit in the back. Anybody can sit where they want and I don't need that money. I'm just going to trust the Lord for my salary. And the Lord provided every step of the way. For years, he grew independent. He was growing in dependence on the Lord. The Lord was walking with him step by step. And what he's most known for is for his orphanage that he started in England. He saw that there were kids on the street of England uh, who were living in poverty, who, who were neglected. Some of them uh, were abused. And he, he felt the Lord calling him to start an orphanage. And he did just that. He trusted the Lord for a building. He said, we need a building for these kids to actually go to. The Lord provided. He said, now I need people to work in the building, Lord. I need somebody to actually will come here and work in this. Pray for that. Lord provided. Now I need beds. I need, uh, I need uh, chairs and tables. The Lord provided. I need food to feed them. The Lord provided. You get the point, right? And so he has this long journey of, of God providing because the Lord uh, had all that he needed. And I just want to share one more story from him. Uh, and we're going to read it together. It blew my mind. Uh, just hearing about how the Lord provided and supplied all of his needs. Uh, this is a story from his bio. It says, The children are dressed and ready for school, but there is no food for them to eat. The housemaker, the mother of the orphanage, informed George Mueller. George asked her to take the 300 children into the dining room and have them sit at the tables. No food. They sit at an empty table. It says, He thanked God for the food and waited. That's some faith, man. That's some faith. Take your family out to dinner. You know you ain't got no money in the bank account. And y'all just, just trusting the Lord. And somehow, someway, he's going to provide for that bill. That's what this brother did. So George knew God would provide for the children as he always did. Within minutes, a baker knocked on the door. Mr. Mueller, he said, last night I could not sleep. Somehow I knew that you would need bread this morning. So I got up and baked three batches for you. I will bring it in. So the kids there, they got the bread now, they're grubbing. But shoot, you eating bread, your mouth getting dry, you probably need something to drink. So he had to trust the Lord for something to drink too. True story, guys, not making this up. This is his bio. Soon, there was a knock at the door. It was the milkman. His cart had broken down in front of the orphanage of all places. This milk was spoiled by the time that the wheel was, was fixed. So he had to do something with it. He couldn't just let it stay there. And he asked George if he could use some free milk. George smiled as the milkman brought in 10 large cans of milk. It was just enough for 300 thirsty children. And there are many stories like this. And I know that there are many stories like this in downtown church where God has provided for you in some amazing ways. And we need to share them with one another to encourage one another so we can reflect back on the glory of God and remind ourselves and remind each other how good our God is. We have a Heavenly Father who knows everything that we need. But 
ask him. We don't even have to talk to anybody. He already knows. He is aware. So what are you worried about? You got nothing to be worried about. So why pray to your father? Because he is aware. Now second point to this, why pray to your father? Because he is approachable. Jesus says, pray like this, pray like this. Our Father, our Father. Not just my Father, our Father. Jesus saying, not just my Father, but because of the gospel, you can call him Abba. You've been given, you've been given access into his presence, so you can call him Daddy. You can call him Abba. He said you can knock at the door. He said there's a seat at the table for you. He is your Father. Because I died on the cross for your sins, you now have access to him because of the blood that was shed, that I shed on the cross. I took your sin, your punishment, your shame, your guilt, and now I give you my perfect record, and now you have access to the Father. He is approachable because of what Jesus did. He is our Father. You are adopted. You are a blood-bought son or daughter of God. Amen. That is who you are, regardless of what anybody else says about you. And you are able to approach Him with boldness. Sometimes we imagine God being this celebrity, this superstar that we can't get to. We think if we try to get to him, we're going to get hit with a bodyguard or something like that. And he's saying, no, 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 that's not the case. You can approach me. You can talk to me. Um, uh, about a month ago, there were a lot of celebrities in town. And one of my favorite celebrities happened uh, to be in town. Uh, it's a guy by the name of Common, right? It's a hip-hop artist. Anybody ever heard of Common? He's kind of a big deal. Grammy Award winning, Oscar winning Common. So I'm at Life Kitchen with some friends. And then, sure enough, Common comes walking through the door. I'm like, yo, I got to make the best of this. I got to go say something. I got to go sh get a shout out. I got to go holler at Common. I got to go say what's up. But I'm a little nervous, right? Because I'm like, man, what if I get tased? Like, what if one of these bodyguards punch me in the face? I'm not trying to be on World Star getting jumped, uh, trying, to, trying to holler at coming. So I got to make my move. And so I, just, I say, forget it, man. I got to make this happen. So I run up. Phone already out, so he can't reject me too fast. Hey, coming. Let me get the pick. Let me get a pick. And I didn't say, let me get the pick. I said, hey, coming. What's up? He was like, what's up, Terrence? What's good? And no, I'm just kidding. He don't know me like that. <laughs> But sure enough, I mean, I, I got the picture, and, and Carmen was approachable after all. See, some of, God, some of us view God the way that I viewed Carmen initially. It's like, uh, like, I don't know if I can really talk to him, though. Like, can I really talk to him about that, though? Like, that thing? That thing? Can I, can I talk to him about uh, that thing? What if he says no? What if he can't do it? But in all seriousness, y'all, those that view of how we view our Father in Heaven gets in our way of approaching Him. We can approach Him with boldness. So the second reason why we should talk to our Heavenly Father is because He is approachable. So how do I approach Him? We're going to look at that for a minute. How do we approach Him? The, one, the number one way that we approach Him is this. You approach Him as you are. You approach Him as you are. He's not asking you to get all dressed up. He's not looking for the religious version of you. He's not looking for the cropped and edited version of you. He wants you to come just as you are. So that's the number one thing. That's how you approach him. Number two, you approach him with confidence. You approach him with confidence. See, I was a little hesitant to approach common. I didn't know what was going to happen, right? But we don't have to approach God like that. We, we can approach him with confidence, knowing that he loves us and he accepts us as we are. And thirdly, 
you approach him realizing this. And this is for my people who've been saved for a while. Because sometimes we can forget about this. We approach him realizing that he approached us first. He chose you. See, that, that, me running after common is not the gospel. The gospel is this. It is as if common who came in life kitchen and said, Hey, what's up, Terrence? And approached me and embraced me because that's what God does. He came after us. He chose us. And so we're already accepted. You don't have to hesitate. He knows you and, you and you can come to him just as you are. He chose you already. What are you waiting on? And the third reason why we should pray to our Heavenly Father is this. Because our Heavenly Father is awesome. He is awesome. He's awesome. And I don't mean that in a superficial way, right? Like somebody who does something cool, and like, yeah, that guy's awesome. No, not that kind of cliche, superficial, awesome. He is awesome. We should be in awe of who He is. We should revere Him because He is great. He is awesome. Verse 9 says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. In Hebrew, that word hallowed means hagiazo, which means to reverence as holy, to set apart. He's in a league all of his own. He's in the distinguished category. He is awesome. He is almighty. And so we should be revering him when we come into his presence. He's awesome. He should be revered. See, this, this happens a lot in the sports world. Uh, we, we revere people so easily, athletes and stuff, because they can dunk basketballs and what have you. <clears throat> Some of us in this room are Cleveland Cavaliers fans. <laughs> Might need to be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> but there's a name in Cleveland that is revered, right? It's a name set apart from any other athlete that's ever played in Cleveland. And some of y'all know what that name is. I ain't no Cleveland fan. That name is LeBron James. People revere it. Opposing fans fear that name. And some irrational Cleveland Cavalier fans even worship that name. Uh, but, but that's what people do when they hear about the name of LeBron James. They revere it. Oh my gosh. Some people call him Thanos uh, for those people who've seen that. He's not no Thanos. He's a man. But there's a name greater than the name of LeBron James. And it's the name of God our Father. That's the name that can do all things. See, people can dunk basketball, sing songs, invent technology, and we give them all kind of credit and praise. But we give honor and reverence and praise to the Father who created the heavens and the earth and sent His only Son to die for our sins. Hallowed be your name. He is the person who orchestrated the rescue mission for your soul for all eternity. Hallowed be your name. He parted the Red Seas for Moses. Hallowed be your name. He shows, he shows mercy to sinners like you and me. Hallowed be your name, God. He's the only one worthy of such praise. Verse 9 is big, y'all, as we zoom in on verse 9. It puts everything back in perspective. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It tells us some big things about who God is, who we, and who we are. Number one, it reminds us that we are children of God but he, because He is our Father. We are adopted, blood-bought sons and daughters of God. It reminds us of who He is and where He is. He is our Father in heaven. And 
lastly, it reminds us that God is in a category of all on his own. He is not bound by the elements and the limitations of this world. Hallowed be his name. That's who we have working on our behalf. That's who we have to have our back. And we can come into his presence and we can call him Abba. We can call him Daddy. But he is also the God of the universe. Hallowed be thy name. He's a big God. And it's okay to tell God how big your problems are. But after you're done telling God how big your problems are, go tell your problems how big your God is. Hallowed be your name. He is God. And it puts things in their proper perspective. These things in this world aren't so big. They aren't so great. They're nothing compared to our Father who is in heaven. As we close, I want to say this. God is great. His name is to be reverenced and hallowed. But he is also approachable. He's not a celebrity surrounded by bodyguards. For those who who are in this room who potentially don't know Christ, I just want to say, why, why carry those burdens? Why walk around trying to figure it out all on your own, trying to hustle, doing whatever you got to do to make it through the day, drinking whatever you got to drink, popping whatever you got to pop, doing whatever you got to do to make it through the day. When God wants to take all of those burdens off of you, he wants you to be able to know that you can talk to him, that you can come to him. And he's giving you access because of what he did on the cross through his son, Jesus Christ. I'm talking to somebody who may say, I don't know about that just yet. I want to encourage you. You can talk to him. He made a way for you to talk to him. And to my brothers and sisters who already follow Christ, I just want to encourage you to live like a son or a daughter of God. You are not an orphan. You are not an orphan. You have a father who loves you, who cares about you, who is for you in every way. Who was for you before you were even for you? Who loves you? And so you can talk to him. Why? Because he is aware. He knows. You can talk to him because he is approachable. And you can talk to him because he is awesome. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you in your mighty sons, Jesus' name. Thanking you, Lord God. Uh, that you made a way, Father God, for us to get to you. Not by our works, God. Not because of our pedigree. Not because of anything that we've done. But because of everything that you've done. We have access to you, Father God. And I pray that your children here in this room would, would talk to you and know that they can talk to you. So that they can lift those burdens that they may be carrying. So they can experience the freedom that comes from being a son or daughter of God. It's in your mighty sons, Jesus' name, that we pray. Amen.